All right, well, let's just start with a brief word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this communicants class and ask you that you would uh, look after the little ones in their desire to profess faith at, uh, at the right time uh, and, and that you would help me to help them uh, to understand what that involves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so I actually am taking attendance, if you can believe that. And I think everyone is here that was here last time, so that's good. Uh, and if, if anyone does miss, uh, you can listen to it online. So do you remember what I said last time about what a Christian is? A Christian is someone, there were two things. Duncan? Uh, that was the second thing, confesses Christ. What's the first thing, Grace? Well, no. Uh, Christian is someone who believes in Jesus and confesses Jesus. Remember, Romans chapter 10 says that. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. And then I said, where do we learn about Jesus in the Bible? And a Christian is someone who reads his Bible. So that was at the end of the lesson, Grace. Um, so uh, that's how we began. The, the second, so my exhortation to you was, a Christian is someone who loves his Bible, who reads his Bible, and even if you can believe it, people who even likes to hear the Bible preached. I know that was the hard one to believe, but it's true that Christian even loves the preaching. What did I do with my marker? I had a marker. Wow, I I thought I got everything. I want to write a couple things on the board here. Let me see what I did with that marker. Did I set it down? Hmm, I thought I had it. I'm going to have to do without. I said at the board and he's like, I can't even use it. If you could find me one, Jonathan, that'd be helpful. I, I'm really puzzled. I seem, to have, I seem to have misplaced it. No giggling at the teacher, Grace. That's not fair. I'm having a hard time here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't find my marker. And uh, I just, I just uh, lost my microphone for a second. But um, The next class is on Jesus. Uh, I'll just carry on, Jonathan. So, Jesus Christ. Remember, I said a Christian is someone who follows Jesus, who believes Jesus, uh, and who confesses Jesus. And what the communicant class uh, does is it helps you to confess Jesus. Um, So, we need to say some things about Jesus Christ in this lesson. Um, So, well, this is no use to me. Uh, Oh, well. Uh, Jesus Christ is... Who is he? If we look at the second membership vow, this is something that you need to confess. In the first membership vow, do you believe the Bible consisting of the Old and New Testaments to be the word of God and his doctrine of salvation to be the perfect and only true doctrine of salvation? Remember, the first class was on the Bible. Um, But the second question has to do with Jesus Christ. Do you believe... In one living and true God, in whom eternally there are three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who are the same in being and equal in power and glory, that Jesus Christ is God the Son come in the flesh. That's really tough, even for an adult, okay? But that's something that we're going to ask you, do you believe as well? And I'm going to try to simplify that question, because that's the question where I think children have the most difficulty. But as I said, adults have the most difficulty as well. The main thing it's asking that you there is, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? And in asking the question uh, the way it does, it unpacks that idea a little bit. Uh, so, 
Jesus is the Son of God, which tells us something about his relationship to God. What is his relationship to God? It's pretty straightforward. This is not a trick question. He's the Son, exactly. Thank you, David. Uh, I had a marker in my hand, and I have no idea what I did with it. So I'm just writing, we're talking about Jesus. I just want to say two things about him. He is the Son of God. His relationship to God is that of a son. Now, I'm going to read the question again at the end of the lesson and see if it's maybe not so difficult. But if that, the relationship to, his God, to God is that of a son, we need to understand what that means. We need to know who God is. So, Jesus is, John chapter 1, verse 8, the only begotten of, his, of the Father. Do you remember that verse? Uh, uh, let me see. John, I, I, let me read it for you. Um, John chapter 1, verse 18 uh, no one has seen him at any time, the only begotten uh, who, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. So, Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. He's God's only Son. Uh, but what are we expressing when we say that? Let me tell you why the question is important. When we, when we affirm that Jesus is the Son of God, are we saying that Jesus is God or he isn't God? He is God. Does anyone have any trouble with that? Do we, are we agreed in this room that Jesus is God? That as the Son of God, He is God? Right. Well, if in order to understand that statement, you have to understand something about God. How can Jesus, who is the Son of God, be God? Well, who is God? And so that's also in the question. That God eternally exists as one being in three persons. That's the first thing it asks you. God exists as three persons. Who are those three persons? Uh, uh, Grace. The first person of the Trinity. The Father. That's right. Who's the second person of the Trinity? Darren. The Son. And then uh, William, who is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit. That's right. And so what we're saying when Jesus is the Son of God... We're not saying he's a man like you and me. Because sometimes we talk about us as the sons of God. It's in a lesser sense than Jesus. Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. Is the Son of God. What we're saying is, do you remember Jesus says, I and the Father are one? I said that in the sermon even. I said it a few times. What we're saying about Jesus when we say that he's the Son of God is that he is God. And that a Christian is someone who believes Jesus as the Son of God is God. In other words, if you believe Jesus is just a man, which a lot of people say today, he's just a man like you and me and nothing more, are you a Christian? You're not a Christian. You're not. Someone who says Jesus is just a man, he was just a great teacher, but nothing more. That person isn't a Christian. A Christian is someone who says, truly, you are the Son of God. And so, we have to believe that Jesus is God. And in, in saying that he is the Son of God, what we are saying, and this is also in the confession, or, or, or the question, excuse me, that he's the second person of the Trinity. We're not saying that he's less than God, but that he's God himself manifested in the flesh, the second person of the Trinity. What I'm telling you is, 
very difficult, okay? And I, I can't really make it any simpler than I'm making it. <laughs> this is the hardest one, not only for children, but for adults as well. But we are asking you to confess that you believe that God exists in three persons and that Jesus is the Son of God, the second person of, of the God had manifested in the flesh. So, we are saying that he is God. But, now the question says something else. Let me see if I have anything else in my notes. Okay, when we, let me just read what I have in my notes. When we say, when we speak of Jesus as the Son of God, we are not speaking of one who is less than God, but we are speaking of his place within the Trinity. Again, he's the second person. And none of those persons are less God than the other. God exists in three persons. Okay? One God in three persons. All right, I just made that very simple. Let me ask you a question. See if you listen. How many gods are there? I knew that would be the answer. I tricked you, though. I tricked you, William. One God. In how many persons does this one God exist? That's a catechism question. Three. That's it. Okay. So there are not three gods. There, are, there is one God who exists in three persons, and Jesus is that second person, the Son of God. Nothing I say will be as difficult as this. Okay, This is the hardest thing. All we ask you in the, the, the confession, or the uh, I keep calling it the confession, the, the membership vows is, do you believe this? We don't say, could you explain this to me? Because I'm having a hard time explaining it. I'm the pastor, okay? Uh, for four centuries, 400 years, the early church wrestled over this doctrine. Jesus is the Son of God, is God, okay? But that he exists, his place within the Trinity is that of a son. God exists, one God exists in three persons. Jesus is the second person. Again, when I read this question, you'll see that. But there's something else about Jesus that we also have to confess. He's the Son of God, which means that He is God. I need you, I need you kids to listen, alright? No more goofing off. Um, he's the Son of God, which means He is God. But is Jesus a man? Yes, He is a man. So He's the Son of God, but He's also the Son of, can anyone finish it? The Son of Man. Do you, do you know that Jesus refers to Himself as the Son of Man? And what the teaching of the gospel is that the Son of God became a man like you and me when he was born uh, of the Virgin Mary. So that, uh, so that the Son of God existed as God and man in one person. There's another mystery. The first mystery is what we call the Trinity. That one God exists in three persons. But the doctrine of the Incarnation is another mystery. That the second person of the Trinity became man. Uh, so that one person now has two natures, God and human, divine and human. And so as the son of man, uh, one way you could think of these two points, by the way, children, is that in speaking of Jesus as the son of God, we're describing his relationship to God. But in describing him as the son of man, we're describing him in his relation to who? Man, to us, his relation to us. So as the son of God... That's his relation within the, in the Trinity. It's the Son of Man we're describing what he became for us. He became a man like you and me. The Jesus that we read of in the Gospels, when we read our Bibles to learn about him, was uh, and is God. But he also was and is man. He is God and man in one person. 
He is the son of God and the son of man. And so he becomes a full man like you and me, even while he remains the son of God. And so there's a, there's a way that this has been described historically that Jesus is the God-man. Which captures both sides of it. Can you please sit in a different view? There's too much goofing off. John chapter 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word. Jesus is described as the Word there, the Son of God. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Uh, So he was forever with God and he forever was God. As a separate person but also as one who is fully God. But then in verse 14 we read the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is a man. The Son of God became a man like you and me and dwelt among us. And he talked to us and we could touch him. What else did he do? He preached. He was a preacher. Grace. He performed miracles. William. Ah, sorry, bud. Vinny. Yes, he was afflicted as a man. One of the things we teach about the doctrine of God is God can't suffer. But as a man, Jesus could suffer. He was fully God and fully man in one person. How did he become a man? Anyone else but you two? Have you heard of the doctrine of the virgin birth? He had to be born in miraculous fashion. So that he could be a man, he was born of a woman, but through the instrumentality of whom? Do you know, Ellie? God, the Holy Spirit. He was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. Again, God and man. You see both at play in his birth. Both had a hand in it. Fully God, fully man. What did he do? He dwelt among us. He performed miracles. He suffered. Did he do anything else after he suffered? He died. As a man, he died. But also as the God-man, what did he do? Yes. He rose again. He died, but he rose again. See in Jesus his full humanity, but also see his full Godhood. The Son of God and the Son of Man. The Gospels that I'm telling you children to read uh, is a record of his life. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have a record of the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God who became the Son of Man, who was fully man and fully God. You have a full uh, view of both. You see him doing things that only God could do. Well, at the same time, you see, see him doing things uh, that if he was only God, he could not do. He had to become a man if he was to suffer and to die and to represent us. And so what does that make Jesus? Well, let me say one more thing. The, if the Gospels record the history of his life, the rest of the New Testament, which I'm telling you children to read, once you begin in Acts and you read all the letters that Paul wrote, What those books are doing is telling us about Jesus. 
So you have the history, and then you have an explanation of that history. Uh, but the whole book is about this great event when God the Son became the Son of Man and dwelt among us and suffered and died and rose again. And do you know that even now as he is in heaven, that he is God and man in one person? Do you realize that before the Father, Jesus Christ is still fully man? What does that make Jesus? And by the way, to answer your question, David, no, I cannot explain what a person is. So, <laughs> God, one God exists in three persons. So you're going to have to rest content in that. That's confessional, and I can't do any better on that formulation. What does that make Jesus? Everything I just said. Yes, Duncan. Right, but, but if he did all of that for us, what does that make him? Yeah, Vinny. A savior. That's the answer. And not only a savior, but the only one. If you look for salvation in any other religion, they'll tell you, they might tell you about God or they might tell you about a man. But only Jesus is God and man in one person. And he can take up all of the responsibilities of man as a man, but he can also bring all of the power and all of the strength of God uh, to the equation. And so I, I said in the sermon that I would say here, salvation is found in his doing and his dying. All that he did as the God-man for us. His doing and his dying. His whole life that we read about in the Gospels leading up to his death on the cross and his resurrection. And so let me ask you this question in closing. My final question. And I'm telling you, children, this is the hardest one. The others will not be nearly this difficult. But seeing that Jesus is like this, he is the God-man. My question to you is, is there anyone like Jesus in all the world or in all the history of the world? Yes, William. No, there's no one like Jesus and there's no savior like him. In fact, there's nobody who could save you but him. That's the point. Again, it's difficult, but the way to think of him is he's the son of God who became the son of man. And therefore, he's the God man. Let me read the question again and see maybe if it's a little bit clearer I'm going to have a much easier time teaching you children the other ones. Uh, but, you know, this is the one, parents who are here and parents who might listen, you might have to spend some time teaching your children this. Uh, and if children, you still have more questions, then you can, you can ask, uh, ask me or ask your parents. Do you believe, listen again, in one living and true God, in whom eternally there are three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who are the same in being, equal in power and glory. In other words, there's one God, not three gods. And that Jesus Christ, God the Son, came in the flesh. That's the question. One God who exists in three persons, and the second person, the Son of God, became a man in order to suffer and to die and rise again for our salvation. If you believe that, then you're a Christian. And you ought to confess that to the church by saying yes. But as I say that, this is a great, great mystery. These are the hardest theological truths. In fact, that question didn't even used to make the list. There used to be four membership vows. Now there's five, and they added that one. You can maybe see why they didn't have it before. It's very difficult. But I hope I've made it a little bit simpler, children. So let's pray together and we'll, we'll finish. Father, uh, thank you for, for the gift of your son. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into the world for the salvation of sinners. Thank you for sharing in our humanity, our suffering, our death. 
And thank you most of all for raising uh, or rising again for our salvation and now reigning for, uh, in heaven forever. We ask this or we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.